Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Reckless speculation. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? This football team, for the four years that I've been here, had that nasty. We're going to win regardless, no matter what the situation is, mentality. And um, I, I don't know that we had it this year. You know, I talked to a couple people during the season around the building, and I, I, I actually said to him, I said, you know, it's just kind of a different vibe with this football team. And I can't figure out why, you know, because we had a lot of the same guys back. We have uh, good football players. Um, you know, I wasn't really different than I normally am. But for some reason... We didn't finish the games like we'd finished before, so I, I don't know why. I mean, we had the lead in a bunch of games last year that that we finished, and this year we were playing catch up, you know, more so. So I don't know if that's it or not. But we're going to get that mentality back. I can I can promise you that. Would you be comfortable with a scenario where you coached in the um, final year of your contract without that team? Sure, I got no problem with that. Free agent after that, right? <laughs> Going off of that, just with everything that you've been through and the stress and, and the losing weight, was there any part of you that considered retiring or, or anything like that? Or? No, I can't believe that somebody even threw that out there, but no, it was, it was totally 100%, um, what do they call it, hashtag fake news or something? Um, no, no, none. I'm not a quitter. Back at full strength, Mackie and Judd. Actually, Phil will join the show as he always does at 4 o'clock. Until then, Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist. Hello, Chipper. Hello, Judd. Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison. Uh, we are back after some extended time away. And uh, fortunately, the Vikings had their end of the season Mike Zimmer press <laughs> conference today. Sorry, Chip, you didn't have your microphone on there for a second. <laughs> it's a new year. We're not back at full strength. It's that red button. We're not back at full strength yet. We're getting there. Hold on a second. process. There you go. Do you feel better now? I feel much. You feel better, Mr. College there Football? Well, you got to push the button, right? <laughs> nice championship, uh, ni- nice uh, playoff games for uh, yeah. your college football. <laughs> a lot of excitement there, huh? So we get the end of the year today. Yeah. Mike Zimmer press conference, of course, after we saw the Vikings lose and get eliminated by the Bears on Sunday. Um, I wanted to start, though, with that first soundbite. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, and I've got some as well, but your thoughts on Zim essentially coming out and saying what was lacking this year, or to him, a big thing that was lacking was, I think, what they once called killer instinct. Yeah, and you know, I wrote a column on uh, Zimmer today, and I had a line in there where I said the vibe around this team all year, I, I wrote up tight, 
And it's weird when you're around a, a team a lot. It, it's hard to explain, but you just get a certain feeling. Like last year, when you're around that team, you felt like this team's going to win every game. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know they're not, but that's the way it felt. Like there was a confidence about them. It just started snowballing. The mood you got around the guys. It, it wasn't cocky or anything. It was confident the way they're playing. It just felt like this feels like a team that could go to the Super Bowl. I never once got that sense around this team this year. It just felt off. And I don't know what it was. I, I felt like, honestly, I think the pressure of having to live up to Super Bowl or bust hovered over this team and yes. made the entire organization uptight. I think you are 1,000% correct, and I will refer you to the 2016 season, which, if I'm not mistaken, started with big expectations. Mm-hmm. Zim got to Mankato, and that's when he put on that complete BS act about, I don't know who's picking us, because I'm sure not, and I've seen a lot of bad stuff about us, and we all said, Mike, yeah. you're being picked by almost everybody. <laughs> Universally. Don't be stupid. Well, and, and that is, I think, what we've seen in the ebbs and flows of the Zimmer years as coach of this team since 2014 is very much a guy who, when he's not favored or when there's or when there's a perceived things against his team, is very good at rallying the troops. Mm-hmm. But when they're favored, when SI comes out and says, we love you, he says, oh, boy, I don't like this. And he even mentioned today that the team last year had a chip on its shoulder. And he's great when he can tell them how, how heavy that chip is on their shoulder. And I go back to the, the preseason game, and this is a minor thing, but I think it's sort of indicative of what I was talking about, how it felt like this whole season was uptight. Third preseason game, you have a rookie kicker. He misses one 42-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. Zimmer hits the roof and goes for two to send a message. One! One yep. field goal in yep. preseason, yep. and he's already so uptight that I'm, I'm going for two. I got to show you know, and it just felt like, like that moment. You're like, wow, whoa, <laughs> take it, take a deep breath here. I mean, and which, it's, by it's, the way, your GM drafted that kicker, and we all told you with that head coach, don't do that again. And Daniel Carlson went to Oakland and was just fine. And he proved once he got away from the organizational paranoia about kickers here. Yeah, he proved he belongs in the NFL because he got good coaching and patient coaching, and, just, and, not, and that's John Gruden and not paranoia. Yeah. Not but but Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer cannot handle kickers. And he and young kickers drive him crazy. This is why I said the Vikings, the one place where there's no salary cap in this league is coaching staff, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go if you're gonna keep Prefer, and maybe his his coverage teams are so good that you do keep him. If you're gonna keep him, you need to go pay a lot of money to a kicking specialist. Bring him in and say, Mike and Mike, you can't talk to him. You cannot talk to the kicker anymore. But you're done here. I, I, but I think that that showed, and then also Zimmer coming out two, three, how many times it was, complaining about the the play call and, and just the bringing it public his rift or whatever you want to call it with with DiFilippo. Mm-hmm. It just showed to me. It just it just felt panicky. But it's 2016 it, all over again. It felt again. panicky. But it's the same thing, Chip. But I, I think this is to a higher degree because there's higher expectations this year. With cousins coming Pro- in, probably, but it's but it's the same exact. You're, you're thing, right. You're which right. Which is which is if there's expectations on me, then I bristle from day one. If there's not, I rally the troops, and he's incredibly good at doing that when the opportunity presents itself. Do you think that? And I, I felt like that this probably happened. That that reflected in the way the team played because they there were times where they just played so tight down the stretch offensively. Kirk Cousins throwing a pass backwards. You know some of the uh, things you yes. saw on offense. It just felt yes. like, well, you saw it Sunday that that blow up between Cousins and Thielen. As much as they tried to make it sound like it was a great conversation, to me that was two guys absolutely in panic mode. 
that did not know what to do. They were in absolute. It wasn't frustration. It was absolutely two guys panicking. Yes, because their season was online and they could not stop it. And your problem is in that organization and on that sideline right now. Nobody knows what to do about that. If somebody yes. could have stepped in and said, "Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen, here's what you need to do. It's going to be fu- if your head coach can do that. Mike can't do that." Here's where it gets dicey. I believe with the construction of a Mike Zimmer roster, I believe it gets dicey in this way. He wants sort of the underdog, hardworking player. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater was that to a T. What did Teddy do? Teddy loved to compete, seemed like a great kid, but Teddy was all about team. Nothing about contract, nothing about money. By default, Case Keenum was the same guy. Mm-hmm. Now, as so Mike Zimmer could get up to the podium every week, and he basically did, and tell us that Case Keenum was no good. And Case Keenum thrived on that. Case Keenum did Or say he was lucky. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. but Case Keenum, it did, he seemed to thrive on that. And he seemed to genuinely, if he did care, not show it. Because Case had a chip, uh, that what, chip on his shoulder, right? A team, yes. What does What is the most important position in football that a team takes its lead from? The mm-hmm. attitude of whom? Yeah, the quarterback. The quarterback. Kirk Cousins yeah. is not that guy. Mm-mm. Kirk Cousins is an $84 million quarterback who shouldn't make that much. But we've seen Kirk enough to know personality-wise, he in no way, shape, or form is a Mike Zimmer guy. He's mm. not. Yeah. And and this all goes back to the construction. It's why Teddy was Mike's guy. You know, he and, and Zimmer said that he said someone asked him, "Well, because he said, I guarantee you, we're going to get back to what we were." And someone said, "Well, how?" He said, "I have a plan." Well, what does that mean? Is that didn't, he wouldn't say what the is plan that, is? That reconstructing your offensive line? Does it start there? Does it start with? Overhauling your your coaching staff with with different personalities that you're going to bring in, I don't know. Maybe maybe all of the above. I don't know. Yeah, it it, it was that comment was. He odd. Had thought about it though. He he, he clearly had, had thought about. He it. had, but I don't know if I trust his plan works because because the one thing he's going to have that they're going to have going for them going into 2019 now is lower expectations, right? And that's something yeah. he, he loves. So I can't. So is the plan though? To your point, is the plan personnel? Attitude, combination of things. The thing I don't know too. Did, did he change um, the way they practice? You know, they did he give an extra day in shorts. Did he because he felt like he was a veteran team that established something? I mean, th- those are things I'm not really sure. Of. Did he, you know, did he take it easier on him? Where now I'm going to go back and I'm going to punish him again, and we're going to, you know, do that type of thing. I, I, he clearly has been thinking about this, and it was on his mind because he mentioned it about five I, times a day. But what I'm curious about is, is, is he thinking about something that's rational and makes sense? I don't know. Or not? <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's concern. Who and, of course, he talked about his offensive coordinator situation, a job currently vacant. I think the biggest thing is, you know, we've got to score points. You know, we, we didn't score enough. We're in the red zone. Obviously, I want to be able to run the football and, and play action pass because I think that's the most effective way to to effective a defense. You know, we didn't score enough points in the red zone. We weren't good enough on third downs. I mean, there was a lot of things that, that uh, we need to improve on there. And a lot of things I've been thinking about is, you know, we got this great player. How are we going to block him? Let's let's get innovative with with this so that we can uh, protect and be able to throw the ball, or protect and be able to run the ball to a different spot. Again, I still think uh, Flip is a good football coach. I just didn't like the direction that it was going at the time, and I was trying to make something to get us going again and get us going back in the right direction. So I trying to get us out of that little tailspin that we that we were in. I've thought about this a lot. I've I've learned a lot about the questions, the the interview process, about things that I probably should do a lot better than what I did. You know, we do a lot of research on guys and you know, and guys' names pop up and pop up and pop up and you know, and you kind of 
uh, assume that that's the right right way, but it may not be the right way for for your particular football team. And so I need to do a better job there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that last response yeah, bothers me. It. Well, it's it's a question. It was the question was, did you miss something on D. Filippo? Mm-hmm. Judd, it, it's painfully obvious at this point that they finished with the best defense in NFL last year. They got throttled by an offense in the NFC Championship game, and they said, let's hire the, the guy who's associated with the team that just ran us out of the building. With the quarterback. And, that with ran the quarterback, and, and just yeah. did but, not do their due diligence about, hey, okay. what's your philosophy? But that should worry you a lot. When Mike Zimmer, well, when Mike Zimmer is saying, I didn't do, first of all, this guy's been the head coach of this team since 2014. Second of all, he's in his 60s. So you're telling me, and, and by the way, you've gone Norv Turner, who was either fired or quit. I don't care. He walked away. It was it's a bad situation. Simple. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Pat Shermer, who was now, I believe, we can confidently say, assistant or head coach slash offense. Mm-hmm. Great, great yep. hire because you gave him the offense to run. Now to flip for what thirteen games, and now and now you're saying you you need to you learned a lot. And by the way, here's my my second question about this: If Stefanski's not your guy, who wants this job? Yeah. Well, let's go back to the first one. They got stars in their eyes, right? They went for the guy who who ran their defense out of the building, which was the best with, defense with, in the league, without asking or without doing enough thought and due diligence on hey. Flip, how do you envision this offense running? But how here? Could, and not to mention, you but, were changing quarterbacks, right, too. But, but wait, wait, wait. How does any of this happen, though? This is inexcusable. This is, I think they just thought you could carbon cut and paste. They thought you could cut and paste, Judd. But that's idiotic. Well, and, and you probably, know yeah, that, in hindsight Sim, it was. You know, listen, if I'm Rick, I could, I could go to TCO Performance Center. I could get in my car right now, be there in a half hour probably, <laughs> sit down with Zim and say, Zim, you can't deal with a few things. And I know it. And by the way, I think you're a really good defensive coach. You're really good at that. But Mike, you can't deal with QBs. You're not good. You can't deal with OCs. You can't deal with special teams and kickers especially. Mm. I know those things. So if you car if you just thought that DiFilippo was going to come in here and it was going to work, that is inexcusably stupid. Yeah. Well, he may. It, I think that's his. Zim you're probably right. But Zim is basically saying, I, I, you know, I made a mistake. That's his way of saying that that he didn't investigate it enough. Um, now the second part was, uh, who's going to want to come here? Yeah. I understand the way he. Called out his offense coordinator publicly and all that, and he's chased two away. But there's still that's still a coveted job in the NFL. It's still a high paying job. There's always going to be people that are wanting to be either a head coach or a coordinator. Six five one six four six eight two five five. If you'd like to join the Vikings conversation, we're in the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie and Judd right now. Zolgad, Scoggins, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there on fifteen hundred ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. 169 northbound. We got a crash in Hopkins between Excelsior Boulevard and Highway 7, causing about a three-minute delay. Also, 94 westbound. We've got a crash. (laughs) Same area as yesterday between Highway 55 and 35W. Uh, causing an extra couple of minutes on your commute there. It's always that area, Judd, like right around a couple miles before get the Lowry Tunnel. Yeah, it yeah, gets, gets slick, slick right the, there. Yep. The, yep. the lanes start to slim down yep. a little bit, and people just don't drive uh, very carefully. 
All right, Vikings discussion, 651-646-8255. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd right now is Zolgad and Scoggins. Uh, Bill and Charlie will get to your calls in, in a second. I would just like to say first, though, for all of you, <laughs> for all of you naysayers who have doubted the Minnesota Wild for so long, who when they gave up a goal seven seconds in today said typical Wild and turned off your TV from the matinee game in Toronto, the Wild just took a 4-3 lead on a coil to Parisi goal, which was a thing of beauty. This team is back, baby. <laughs> This Charlie, team is back. Do you see that set up by Charlie Cole? Yeah, you doubted him. Let's go. Can you believe sure somebody? Can you believe somebody on some radio station <laughs> said they needed to blow this whole thing no. up like a week ago? Fools! These people are fools. <laughs> this is a play. This is a legitimate Western Conference playoff team. They just need more time. Tear it one down. Tear it down one day. Build them up. No, the next, no, right? no. I am all for. Let's see this thing through. Let's build this team up. You know. <laughs> you know. I spent the past week plus off from work listening to uh, Mike and Anthony tell me what this team needs, and it's not much, just a tweak. So I'm going with that from now on. All you naysayers. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. See, I I have listened to you all talk all season about Kirk Cousins. And, and maybe you've, you've hit on this, but this is what I don't understand. When the Vikings got him, they understood what kind of quarterback he was, his strengths and his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me this year he performed in accordance with who and what he is as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand the, the logical basis to be upset with him because it almost seems as if people wanted him to be the kind of quarterback which he was not. And he fumbled the ball. That's his part of his, his pattern. <laughs> so I, I, I don't understand why we're upset at Kirk Cousins, because we, got, we knew what we were getting, and he performed that way. And I, I really don't understand why there's consternation about him. Because he is what he is, and he performs what he is. Maybe you can respond to that, please. Thank of course, you. Bill. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's interesting, and, and probably fair or not, when you sign that kind of contract and you join a team that won 13 games, went to the NFC Championship game, there's an expectation. Maybe you overinflate what a guy is, but you look at, you surround him with Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph. Um, obviously, the line is terrible, but you put him in that in, in that situation, and... I don't think anybody's expecting him to be Aaron Rodgers, Brady, that category. But there's the assumption that you're going to take him to that next step, and that's what the organization went out and signed him for. Well, they they thought he would take him a step further than what Case Keenum was uh, able to do. Well, and I'll slightly disagree with what Bill said in that you know he said that when the Vikings signed him, they they knew exactly what his strengths and weaknesses were. Well, obviously they didn't because. They signed him, and then they didn't address the offensive line but, to, but, to help him but, be successful. And, Judd, what did we talk about all year long? I know. About how but this they're, is where, they're asking him to do more things than what he's capable this of. This is where on the Sunday after the Bears-Vikings game podcast, Collar and I disagree a little bit on this. Kirk Cousins is a disappointment. I get that. He's paid way too much not to be. So to give him a free pass is a huge mistake. But the Minnesota Vikings, in the in-depth piece that I believe his name was Greg Bishop did for SI mm-hmm. – on the Vikings season, which was outstanding. It was a great read. He got a lot of access. The Vikings, Spielman at some point in time, told Greg Bishop, I watched and we sat down and watched every snap he took in Washington. Okay, if that's true, and I believe it to be true. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're lying. If that's true, then caller's right. Then you saw 
a lot of things from Kirk Cousins that you said, all right, we're going to pay him like a top five quarterback. But the reality is he's not. He's just the best guy that, that we think is available. And in their minds, rightfully so, they said Case Keenum was a one-year pop-up and that's going away. But all of that being said, then, you have to prop up Cousins. And they did nothing to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, now I think where Matthew Collar's frustration and the frustration that I feel sometimes with Kirk is Kirk stands at the podium or stands on the sideline giving people instructions like he knows exactly what he's doing. And in reality, we want, it's not going to happen, we want those pe- people to say, you know what, I'm not that good sometimes. Now, they're not going to do that. Yeah, they're not, That's yeah. not realistic. So... Where I agree with Bill, the caller on this subject, is he's right. We are getting very angry at a guy who, who the just Vi- is who he is. Who the Vikings got and said, play like this. And you and that's that is I don't know if that's fair or not, but well, that's dumb. It's well, it goes back to that contract, Judd. It just does. No, I know. When you sign the historic contract, eighty four million dollar guaranteed. That comes with but, the expectation. Maybe unrealistic, but it comes with an expectation. I, I told Matthew, the issue to me is it's not just Cousins on the wheel here, though. Everybody has to be blamed. Everybody has to be put on this. Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, everybody has to. And Kirk takes a lot of the blame, but this is a situation where where the Minnesota Vikings grossly miscalculated. Yeah. And, and listen, if you're going to bring in Kirk Cousins, who you know has to be propped up again— and you went out and hired an offensive coordinator who was a quarterback's coach because he beat you in Philadelphia or was part of a team that beat you? It was a bad move. Again, it's stupid. Yeah. So so yeah. What, I, what I don't want here is a free pass for the executives at TCO Performance Center who also screwed up royally and now need to make sure they fix this. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because it's people seem to think it's black and white. It's either this or that. And I, you know, I wrote a column critical of Cousins after the game, and I got some emails saying, "How could you uh, criticize Cousins? If you put Brady or Rogers behind that line, they would have the same kind of production." I could not disagree with that more. I right. mean, let's let's stop that. That's silly. Now, it, is he one hundred percent to blame? No. I mean, the offense line's terrible, and that's that's on Rick Spielman. I mean, he has neglected that position to the point where it sabotaged the the team. Now, you would hope. An upper echelon quarterback would be able to rise above it, and make people uh, make people around him but better, not, and overcome he's just, he's those deficiencies. Guy, and and to think that well, you got to give him a free pass because this offense line terrible. That's not fair either. I mean, that's not accurate either. Right? It, it, you're you're just passing a buck on that. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. And yes, the front office should be criticized, and Spielman has neglected that that you know the offensive line to the degree that this is you know it's sabotaged this season. Hi, Charlie. You're on. Thanks for holding. Hi, Judd. You guys uh, just about said everything I was going to say, except that uh, it's Spielman. It's the general manager. What is a manager? He's supposed to manage the team. I don't know if he knows an awful lot about football or not, but you know what I think about Spielman is I think the Wolves love him. They are never going to get rid of him until the fans stop coming to the football games and it and it hurts their cash flow. I otherwise they got this eighty four million dollar quarterback for two more years and I don't think anything is going to change because they really can't do much. Thanks Charlie, appreciate the call. Some good points, but again I go back to Spielman. It's not black and white. I mean look look at some of the 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 
draft picks he has on his team and the way he's built up this uh, Daniil Hunter, mm-hmm. Harrison Smith. You know, you, you found value in different spots. Stephen Weatherly. Mm-hmm. So there, there's been absolute home runs in his draft. And, and But he's also neglected... He's also neglected that offensive line. And so... It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag, 100%. Yeah. And that's not to let him off the hook. I mean, I think he's been criticized a lot for the offensive line. But to say this guy's terrible and he doesn't know how to identify talent, that's not fair either. I mean, that's not accurate. Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman have proven themselves as a tandem to be very good at building a defense. Mm-hmm. They've done a fantastic job. Zimmer knows exactly what he wants. And, and he is fantastic at identifying it. And, and I believe that when he walks away from this game finally, that he will walk away as one of the greatest developers of defensive backs that we have seen. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Holton yeah. Hill is a undrafted kid who's got talent. He's talented. But he comes in and has to play and plays well. So on the defensive side of the ball, I am selling neither one of those guys short. But I will say when Rick walks away at this rate finally from this job, eventually the one thing that we're all going to write about was the inability through either bad luck or bad scouting to find a quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback is going to be on his career epitaph or whatever. Yeah. But, but it, It's on the tombstone. Let, let's talk about mixed bag. Just look at his wide receivers. Diggs, Thielen, Treadwell. Mm-hmm. Now you found one undrafted, one Diggs is what, fifth round, fourth round? Fifth mm-hmm. round. And one in the first round. So, I mean, that that position alone tells you kind of his roller coaster ride in, in, in identifying talent. But you're right. His tenure will be marked by his quarterback, you know, struggles. Well, it starts with. throw Cordero in there, too, as far as. Yeah, and Cordero. Receivers, yeah. yeah. And it starts with Ponder, right? Mm-hmm. B- because, because he Josh got here. Yeah, because Rick got here in 2006 to help Brad, but Brad had final say of the 53. And then the first year of Les and Rick together was both of them with personnel say. Mm -hmm. And then after the 3-13 and debacle, Rick got the GM job. And and I believe at that point in time, because Ponder was still his guy, Mm -hmm. so so his problems start there. But that is, and but that's a fair thing too. And and I'll go back to, and this is very important offensively as well. You've got to find, as long as Mike Zimmer is your coach, you've got to find people that can fit in with him, too. So if you get somebody who is who gets their feelings hurt or something, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. He can't coach them. So, Judd, do you think they can get to the Super Bowl with, with Cousins? No. After what I saw, because I don't think what we saw in 2018 is going to change drastically. I think it might change a little bit, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I I think that offensive line is so bad. I want to see what he does with the better offensive line. It, I, I don't think it's a lost cause, Judd. It was telling to me that the bigger the games got as the season progressed, the more he shrunk. And and I'm it, that, and that's you're, true. That's you're true. right. The offensive line played a role. He there, started seeing ghosts for sure. But 100, he, he started seeing ghosts. But did he just see ghosts, or did or did the pressure of the season also cripple him? Because I feel like he's got to he's got to be able to overcome some things. You know, I mean, it, it can't be... It's it, not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. And they can go out and they can address the offensive line, and they should. They absolutely should. It should be priority number one yep. as far as acquiring talent and improving that unit. Yep. But it's... Kirk Cousins is not going to get a perfect, clean pocket every yeah. time he drops back to yeah. pass. And the other thing that I... The concern I would have is, okay, let's say maybe you lose Barr, maybe you lose some other defense guys that are getting older. What if that defense doesn't stay top two? Well, then they're in huge trouble. And you might now that let... comes back, and now you're expecting your offense to have to carry more of the weight. And I just well, the, I don't probably know. not going to do that. And the other part of that too is 
off, off of that point, Chip, they may have to let some guys on defense go just to improve the I will, offensive I will line. Give, yes. I will, yeah. I will you know? give you guys, in fact, let's come back and do this. I will give you guys absolutely positively, if Kirk Cousins is ever in his career, whether that be in Minnesota, Washington, or elsewhere, if he's ever going to make a Super Bowl, he needs one thing that he sorely lacks now. We'll talk about it next. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. When you're looking for your next offensive coordinator, do you put any extra weight on candidates who you have a prior relationship with? Does that help in the process at all? No, not really. I, I, I know where you're going with that question, but that's not that's not a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's a good question, it's just, but it's probably... Probably you're fishing in the wrong pond. Chip Debbie, your uh, colleague Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune asking a very good question, which was basically, are you going to hire Hugh Jackson as your offensive coordinator? So I saw your tweet, and I, I read it differently than the way you read it. Oh, how'd you read it? Well, you took it to mean uh, Zimmer saying, I'm not, there's no chance I'm hiring Hugh. Yes, that's how I took it. I took it to mean, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I took it to mean uh, you're, you're fishing for the, 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 the answer from the wrong guy. Like, I'm not going to give you that answer here. Oh, okay. That's like, possible, like if you're yeah. Gonna, if you, if you, if you want to get that information, you need to get it elsewhere because I'm not going to... I took it as the wrong OC pond, but you're saying source pond. Yeah. Going, okay, that makes sense. That's what I thought it Maybe. meant. Maybe. Although, Hugh Jackson, come on. I can't... I mean, he's not a terrible OC. That will go over really, like a lead balloon here. You're really going to do that to this <laughs> fan base? So, back to Cousins. Yeah. The thing that Cousins needs, and I started saying this with a month left, and I believe it firmly, and I also believe that Kirk Cousins has a lot of God-given talent. He's got an arm. Like this is not a this is not a flop of a quarterback. Mentally, there's some problems, but what he desperately needs, along with a much improved line, is coaching and a coach. And, and I started to call him. He's a puppet string quarterback. He's the type. Of, what? And I'm not even comparing Cousins and Trubisky here. But what does Nagy do with Trubisky? Trubisky's on a string. Mm-hmm. Trubisky's Jared Goff is on a string. And those guys are successful partially because they're okay, pretty good, mm-hmm. but partially because they are continually propped up and put in a position to succeed. And with Mike Zimmer as your head coach and a guy who gets crusty and a guy who I guarantee you, I will say this to my dying day, I believe deep in my heart, unless your name is Teddy Bridgewater, hates quarterbacks. That you need Kirk Cousins, if Kirk Cousins is ever going to achieve the success that $84 million calls for, he needs either a different head coach or an offensive coordinator who Mike leaves alone completely, and that guy can prop up Kirk Cousins and put him in positions to succeed. Let me throw out hypotheticals, because we know hypotheticals are great, right? Talk radio, of course. What What do you think happens this year if you give Cousins Pat Shermer? Oh, I think it's very different because I think Mike. I think first of all, Shermer knew Shermer knew what Mike Zimmer wanted enough to make Mike just shut up and go away. He was in in retrospect, I'm not joking, head coach offense. Mm-hmm. That's what he was for sure. That's yeah. just what he was. Uh, so if Kirk Cousins gets Pat Shermer as his head coach, this team is still playing. I'm I not so. sure they have a bye, but they're still playing. I agree. I agree. Even with the line being what it is, I agree. Yeah, well, because here's what I won't ever understand. Kirk Cousins might not be a mobile quarterback, but rolling out, he can throw. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you roll him out more? Why didn't you do things with him? Yeah. It was it was almost as if they said it was 
They said, Kirk, we paid you. Now go do it. Instead of saying, well, we paid you, but you still, you're probably not good enough to go do all the things we're asking you to do, so we're going to help you. Here's the thing that I, I struggle with, Judd, and it goes back to a question you mentioned earlier about uh, Zimmer and offense coordinator. So you go back to the beginning of the year, where Cousins is throwing it all over the field. Rams game, Packers game, that first one, where he throws just a dart into that window to get it to Thielen. Some of the early games, where he's just cutting it loose and throwing. What the heck happened? That's when Zimmer started saying we got to run the ball more. It was, it was around middle of the year, around the Jets game. Was it after the Jets game where he first came out public with uh, we're trying to be too cute and have too many formations? We're trying to stop trying to trick it people. It was around that time, yeah, that's right. And so from that point on, it just felt like, okay, what do we even do? Do they run it? Do they throw it? And it just felt like the, it was 10 different chefs trying to figure this thing out. And so that's where you wonder – with the next offense coordinator, is Zimmer, whoever he hires, what coach, I think there will always be people interested in offense coordinator job, but what are the expectations for how that offense is going to look, how it's going to operate? Is Zimmer going to stay out of the kitchen? What's the identity going to be? What is the identity? Well, are you? And, and, and here's the thing where I will, DeFilippo obviously he had his struggles here, Yeah, but I will say this, Zimmer kept saying, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We saw it. It was like running into a brick wall. They could not run the ball with that offensive line. I mean, it, I mean, how many times do you have to bang your head into a brick wall where you said, well, I better try something different? And so if you can't run the ball, you've got to throw it. And that's where they had their most successes. When and then was, that got taken away. And so I'm curious to see with the next coordinator, is Zimmer just going to say, okay, here's what I want, I'm going to stay out of it? Or are you still going to have that involvement to where weekly, we got to run the ball more? And then you, you don't know what, what the identity is. Two things about what you just said strike me immediately. And one is not surprising. Um, the Buffalo game. The Buffalo game, the Vikings went from uh, not a great start defensively. They weren't they were they were scoring some points. Mm-hmm. They probably weren't playing great, but they were, you know, tied Green Bay at Green Bay. Okay, that's not awful. It's not great because the, the kicker screwed up, but nonetheless, uh the Rams game was not great, but you scored a ton of points. And as you just said, Cousins played well statistically at least. The Buffalo game, and this is Zimmer in his DNA and goes to the column that you wrote today, freaked everybody out. Mm-hmm. And they attempted to tell us that it was in the past, but it never was. It always, from the Buffalo game on, it seemed like everybody tightened up unnecessarily. Instead of saying, the thing with Griffin was a distraction that day. And you know what? Things just went sideways. It was just, that game then defined the rest of their season. Why? What's the number one thing that drives Zimmer crazy that they were so good at turnovers turnovers yep he saw those turnovers and how that cousins turnovers ruined that game that it totally took the life out of the team and, and they the lost because, because they they you know he gave him 14 points or whatever it was 10 but that changed the game and I think Zimmer said the more times you let him drop back and throw the more times we're either gonna have fumbles or interceptions and we can't do that you got to run the ball well this team could not run the ball all right I got and a so that's for you. and that's where I got a theory for you because that's a great point. Zimmer knew well. Statistically, you, you would have to um, be completely stupid not to look at, at Kirk's fumbles and picks, and especially his fumbles. And in Washington. Turnovers, yes. Okay. So Zimmer knew very well that that was a problem. I've always found it very interesting that when, when the Vikings introduced their new shiny toy, Kirk Cousins, three years, $84 million, TCL Performance Center is open for business, that immediately right around the same time, if you guys recall... Zimmer brought up the fact that he had Sheldon Richardson in 
almost as if Mike was saying, I don't know, I buy into this shiny new toy, but I sure like that one. <laughs> Here's a distraction for you. And because I think your point's a good one. It was as, as if the turnovers in the Buffalo game were the self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. that Zimmer was waiting for to happen. And when it did... He freaked out. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, there's nothing I can do about it, now the contract's done, everybody freaked out. The other thing, and this is the one I don't get from an offensive play-calling standpoint, Thielen had that run, what, eight consecutive eight games, games yeah. 100 yards, and by the way, in the last eight, he had one of those. It was as if they said, well, we've got something here, so we're going to stick with it. Not thinking that National Football League defenses weren't just going to take that away, which mm-hmm. they were. That was very odd. Yeah. But I do, the Richardson thing always strikes me because on this day, I mean, how many teams when you introduce a quarterback, you're like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, this defensive tackle, that's a shiny new toy for me underneath the Christmas tree. Well, and you, right. also, you also see how whenever, I can't remember what game it was where Mike Hughes had the had the big play or something like that. San Francisco, Zimmer, first game. Yeah, yeah, first game of the year. And Zimmer came out afterwards and said, yeah, what do you guys think of that? You guys think of my first round pick? Yeah, yeah, you're right. you know, because he had taken so much grief about the the offensive lineman. Yeah, you're right. So I, I'm curious to see kind of what the relationship's going to be like with 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 Zimmer and his new offense coordinator, and how that's going to function. And is it going to be more like Shermer? Or I want to know be- who wants the job. If it's not Stefanski, who who? By the way, his contract is up on Tuesday. Yeah, he's in Cleveland. He was supposed to talk to the Browns about their head coaching job on Monday. It got moved to today. His contract's up on Tuesday. The Vikings can't block him from talking to teams about head coaching jobs, but they can for coordinator jobs. Mm-hmm. So Zim basically said, Stefanski's future will be decided by Tuesday. Yeah. And if it's not him, I want to know. Because Hugh Jackson would take the job. You know he wouldn't hurt heartbeat. Yeah, I, I would think it's... If you're right. I, I, I don't know, because it's hard to know. I mean, I think Zimmer likes Stefanski a lot, but it's hard to know if he sees him as, I'm... You know, attaching my wagon to Stefanski, figuring this thing out. I think it's got to be somebody who can get to Kirk and basically just lead Kirk around. I don't know about Hugh, though. I mean, you saw Marvin Lewis when he stepped away. The first guy he endorsed to take over for him was Hugh Jackson. Oh, I would be so afraid of Hugh. (laughs) I'd be so afraid. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic. It is brought to you by Duluth Trading Company, 169 northbound. Uh, we got a crash in Hopkins between Excelsior Boulevard and Highway 7. It's causing about a 12-minute delay. And also 62 eastbound in Richfield. We got a nine-minute delay. That's because of a crash between Portland Avenue and Bloomington Avenue South. Judd? Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios. Um, We also have a 1500 ESPN Twitter poll posted by our guy Jonathan Harrison at the start of the show. Very simple. Do you trust the plan, plan in quotes, that Mike Zimmer has to get the Vikings back to winning? 62% of you say absolutely yes. Right now, 38% say no. I think Chip Scoggins... I think I've got one thing about Cousins that he needs to clean up, and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with quarterback play. Okay, <laughs> it has to do. It has to do with how he treats life and the media in particular. And it's not because he's a mean guy. He's not. Yeah, he's conniving. I think manipulating. Maybe but he's not a bad guy. But I'm going to play Kirk Cousins after the 2016 season in Washington, and then I'm going to play what we heard on Sunday at the podium at US Bank Stadium. Here is 2016 first. Kirk, like Jay had said that you know you did a lot of good things this year and all that, but to end the season 
the way you did with that pass, how hard is that for you to go in the offseason with that as the final drive, final big play? You know, this isn't uh, my first time dealing with this. Um, you know, tough times don't last, tough people do, right? I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying that until I retire. And he wasn't kidding. <laughs> You know, I don't have a menu in front of me of all the tough losses. I'll tell you, it's not the first. won't be the last. You play in this league long enough, you're going to get kicked in the teeth. It's going to happen. Tough times don't last. Tough people do, right? All right. We were both there for that one. <laughs> we both saw that one in yeah. action. Yeah. And um, how can I put this? Because I don't, I'm not sitting here suggesting that Kirk Cousins break the podium or do something stupid, okay? Yeah. But wouldn't you like to see a little bit more of our season just ended and we didn't even make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Like even like he, I think he thinks he's playing us by smiling still and yeah. saying these things. Don't you want to at least make the fans believe that you're a little bit PO'd? Yeah, it's but I, I don't think Judd, I don't I, I don't think that's his makeup. I think he's there's a polish there in every interaction that you see him having with us and win lose or draw light moment tough moment i don't think you're going to see him ever let him show that he's rattled or angry or i just but wouldn't you like to see at least i'd love to see it yeah yeah other than regurgitating tough times don't last tough people do tough times don't last tough people do right (laughs) tough times don't last tough people do right if i were counseling him i would say kirk you don't need to act all mad you don't need to be somebody you're not but this whole thing of and, and then at the end he <laughs> went into great detail to thank the media yeah he did that at the end of 2016 too oh he did yeah i think Do I you might, have it i might have. oh i'd love to hear if it's very similar because one. we were told that not all, yeah, markets, not all markets are as nice as us which means we're a bunch of wussies that's what that meant <laughs> that was your column this ain't so bad <laughs> here right. east coast are tough yeah, someone said Matt wouldn't you might not want to read the paper tomorrow. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. If you I could mean, find it, that'd be awesome. If not, I, I I tend to just kind of let that roll off my back. I I worry more about how he plays well, on, the, on the field than what he says. Post-game. But I do think the demeanor is an interesting. It's an interesting view into his personality, which I would say, as a complete outsider, drives the head coach probably crazy. Probably, it's. This it, eats at Mike Zimmer for months. Kirk, yeah. Kirk looks like he was at the uh, DQ with his <laughs> wife and kids probably by Sunday at uh, 10.30. Okay, so I have uh, at the end of the 2015 season when they made the playoffs and lost to the Packers on wildcard weekend, this is Kirk Cousins and the media. And thank you to all of you for the way you've covered our team this year. It's been outstanding. Um, you know, we're in a fishbowl here, but you guys do a really good job of, of finding truth and, and telling it. Uh, and um, it means a lot. So thank you for the work you guys do. And uh, this year. And I'd just like to say thank you to all of you for your coverage, uh, for your desire to, uh, to, you know, get the facts, understand our team, get the message to our fans. And I've uh, really enjoyed working with the local uh, group that covers us on the beat week to week. You guys do a really good job. You're classy, you respect us as players, and it's been a joy to work with you. Um, And again, that's not the way it is in every market, every city. So thank you for that. Appreciate your coverage of us all year long. Thanks. Play the first one again, please. And thank you to all of you for the way you've covered our team this year. It's been outstanding. Um, You know, we're in a fishbowl here, but you guys do a really good job of of finding the truth and and telling it. uh, And um, it means a lot. So thank you for the work you guys do. 
I feel so used right now. <laughs> I thought I was special on Sunday. I thought I meant something to Kirk. I thought that, I thought we had something. Hey, he called you classy. I thought Although I was, he was talking about the big guys. He wouldn't talk about you. No, that's true. Those of us who just who just parachute in and rip them and then leave. He's talking about Kyle. What, what, what was the line that Childers used to say? You come down from the hills to shoot, shoot the, wounded. the wounded. That's what I love about the media. That's just, come down from the hills to shoot the wounded. The hills and shoot the wounded. I, I can't. I didn't realize you had both those things. Yeah. So this is the end of the season mantra, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he probably does appreciate Carbon it. Carbon copy, man. At least do that as like a different press conference. Then he should do an end of the season you know press next conference a couple days later. Next year it should be. And by the way, you guys were awful this year. Yep. The writer's terrible. <laughs> and you I, had to step up your game. And I have ripped you people off to no... Can you believe I got $84 million? I have to stand up here every week. <laughs> you people are the absolute... You're saps. <laughs> By the way, before you're done here, uh oh, the Wild has won. You doubted him. The Wild has won. That's you, a, that's a big win, Judd. You know, earlier in the show, it's I was a big jo- win. I jokingly said they're back. But can I tell you how frustrating this is to watch this crap? Judd, <laughs> you've only you've seen this eight seconds, straight years. I know. Seven seconds in, they give up a goal. So I'm figuring, okay, you lost to Pittsburgh. You're, you know, you've, you're, they're falling back. It's, mm. They're just falling back in the playoff race. And now, you here know, we go. You know darn well. You've seen this play how many times. There's a big run coming at some point, right? Yes. They're going to get hot. They're going to win like 10 of 12. Just and tell me when it is. <laughs> you can probably. If I'll you wake look at you schedule, when the postseason starts. If you can, if you can find a schedule right now, I bet that you can even find that run. Uh, probably. Yeah. Come on, Judd. Don't you just believe? <laughs> Seven seconds in, you give up a goal. You're down two you to nothing. Believe, Judd. You're down two nothing. We're all mocking Dubnik because he somehow, I don't know how, got named to the All Star game, which he has no right to be even close to. And they come back and win, and they all celebrate like this is some great accomplishment. And it's poor a big win. The only person right now more upset than I am, and he's probably puking in the bathroom at the uh, Toronto Arena, is poor Paul Fenton. <laughs> Who's just waiting to tear this? He's got Paul Fenton is the guy, and he's and he's hovering over the detonate button, mm-hmm. and he's like, now, now, Craig, now, and every time they're they like, they never yeah, give no, you that chance. We just won a game. They never give you that chance. Honest to God. By the way, <laughs> by the way, do you see? I see comparisons, and I, I don't know if I brought this up on, on air before, but I will now. I see comparisons between Dubnik and Cousins. Because they always give you that everything's fine, everything's great. I'm a competitor. What do you mean? What's going to go wrong? And then it's like, hey, maybe, hey, maybe. how the playoffs go, guy? Oh, I wasn't there. I didn't make the playoffs. I mean, I don't know how, how they went. But I'd like to thank all of you in the media for the outstanding job that you've done covering the Wilder Vikings this season. You've done fantastic. All right, Chip, thank you very hey, much. Brother. Talk to you next Thursday. Later. Mackie joins after this. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN.